0: Hello and welcome to the last word podcast. I'm your host motherfucking Gino It's a beautiful sunny day in April right now Uh, we have wrapped shooting for the pilot. I've been talking about we've wrapped shooting I'm so excited Uh slash a whole of like slew of other feelings Uh next is post-production. It's a whole lot of money to spend We already spent a shit ton of money just taking it this far just three days of shooting just three days of shooting And I got to tell you, yeah, yesterday, uh, yesterday was the day after shooting. So we, uh, we finished on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. God, we shot into the fucking early hours. Uh, I think we were out of the space. We were completely cleaned up and out of the shooting space by 5 a.m. No, 4 a.m. So we got home by 5 a.m. Completely exhausted in every way, physically, emotionally, uh, just uh thinking talking all day uh judging what the product is going to look like by what happened that day and we got some excellent excellent stuff i can't say enough great kind amazing wonderful things about our crew the crew so professional so just on top of everything uh uh, excuse me for one second, I have a window open in the room And I realize that, I don't know, I don't want anything to be distracting While I'm doing the podcast here I Try to develop a, a high quality, completely unproduced pro, bo, bleh, excuse me, Podcast where I just talk into my phone for 30 minutes to an hour at a time By myself, without a guest Because I hate scheduling people And it's a pain in the ass I was supposed to have Mike Kemp on this, on this particular episode uh, Like uh, two Sundays ago Or whatever and uh yeah we just missed each other, and we we were so busy uh just doing everything for the pilot that it really just uh i i, I knew that he had forgotten, and I was just gonna let him forget because we, we it was just gonna be like an extra thing making me twitch, <laughs> just causing me just just making me nervous and anxious about everything that I can't do at the exact same time, you know but um. I guess the only thing was uh, we ran into time constraints. On the very last day of shooting, Our, our uh, we had a production designer who did a fantastic job. She made this blank slate room, just this white kind of Apple watch of a room. I don't know. Just like it, it looks. It looked like you build computers in there. It was just completely blank and white. And she just made it beautiful. And she made it everything that it was supposed to be for the shoot. Uh, came up with things that I wouldn't have thought of, you know. I mean, it's her job, of course. That's what she does. She's a production designer. Uh, But she was an hour late. A three-day shoot. We're pushing our shoot time to the edges, counting it by the minutes, and she was a fucking goddamn hour late. I could not have been more just... uh, I mean, of all... uh, we We couldn't even set up lights until she got there. It was so fucked up. So we just ran into time constraints Without getting into too much detail We ran into serious time constraints And so some of the footage is excellent Some of the footage is fucking Top notch And there are l- just little pieces of it That are just like we, need, we just needed to shoot the fucking thing And get it in the can For the whole story to make sense you know. So uh, I haven't looked at any of the footage yet Not one frame uh, My lovely fiancé Ray Ray uh yesterday she just told me she's like don't think about any of it. It pushes it out of your mind, just let it go out of your mind. Don't think about it all. Give put some distance between you and the project. Okay? Clearly we have lots of really excellent footage. We have lots of really great stuff, great content, and also clearly we didn't get everything that we wanted. Um so uh, we will, you know, we'll address this, you know, we'll just put some distance between you and the project and give yourself some space, give yourself some breathing room, give yourself a little bit of sanity, get high, do whatever you got to do. And I did. I got high yesterday. I fucking took an edible. And then right away, my buddy called me, my fucking yoked out uh, friend. Uh, he's just like, you want to work out? And I'm like, you know, what? that sounds great. Fucking get high, do a workout. Don't push myself too hard. I went and watched a movie. Shazam too, it's not that great. I fell asleep halfway through. But I was also exhausted because even though I went to sleep at five AM, actually I think we got home at five AM. I think I didn't go to sleep until five thirty or six. Excuse me. And uh and I woke up for no reason at like ten AM. And uh and then today I woke up for no reason at like six thirty or seven or whatever. Seven I think. Anyway. My body just wants to do shit, so you know what? I'm on board. My body wants to do shit, I will do shit. My brain wants to do shit, I will do shit. I've I've long said your brain is smarter than you are, so uh, don't don't second guess, don't second guess it. Um, I'm glad to be done with that part of the production, but now uh, soon, I got to say I'm not anxious to look at all the footage. First of all, it's my first hand. It's my first time really ever acting. And if you think, as a comedian, how much I hate listening to my own tapes, listening to myself on stage, even when I have a good set, even when I have a great set, I'm just like, all right, here it goes. You know? And I, I'm going to have to watch myself act. My fiance Ray Ray, says, said I did a good job. And she doesn't lie. She was actually very nervous for me. She was nervous for the project that I would fucking ruin it with my inability to act. And she tried to kind of, for a little bit, she tried to talk me into uh, having someone audition for the role, the role that I was going to play, who is Greg in the thing, not that it matters. And, uh, I, you know, just flat out, I, I said, no, there's no way. This the whole reason why I'm doing the entire project is so that I can be in a thing without having to kind of... What you do as an actual actor is, you, I mean, you do so much prep, you spend so much money... Uh, just trying to get seen and get some work or whatever this way I can just write something that I believe in and put myself in it surround myself with people who are just so much better at doing all this than I am and I can just and I can be in this thing that I believe in and have that as my, my sales pitch for why I should be doing comedy out in bigger better venues and getting paid good money as someone who might draw an audience you know so, I don't know, I just kind of, she 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 brought it up, more. like, I, I was just saying more than once that I should get someone else to audition for the part that I was going to be playing, and I just said, really, no. And she's like, well, at least consider it. I'm like, I'm, I'll consider it, you know, and that was really the last we talked about it. And once, after the first day of shooting, uh, that was kind of, uh, the first couple days was me and my scene partner, and she told me that it was, she's like, well, you know what she said? Is She said, I'm sorry I doubted you, which I'm, I, this isn't, that's not like an I told you so in any way. I'm just so glad because I was also nervous. I was also nervous that I was going to be responsible for tanking the whole thing. I think I said that up top. Anyway, so she says, I did well. I trust her. I still have to see it. I'm not looking forward to that, but it's a necessary part of the process. Um, and we still have post production to go. And that's still a whole bunch more money to spend. Like I said, You know, not only editing, but uh, I would like to license some music. One way or another, it's going to cost money. So I know enough musicians that might be able to just kind of like write some stuff and like record it or whatever if they have a space. Uh, Or there are some songs that I had in mind, which uh, the licensing process is uh, it's not cheap. So I mean, it's not it's not out of reach, but it ain't cheap. So that's all I'll say. So we have that behind us. And so I just did a whole lot of nothing yesterday. I'm high again today, but I, I took a lot less edible. I just, uh, that's kind of my reward whenever I wake up early because I'm not an early riser. I'm just like, all right, so I So do a little workout and uh, get a little high and I'll be productive today. I'm going to be doing like wifey duties. I'm going to be doing the shopping and stuff like that. I did, believe it or not, have a couple topics I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Not just, uh, not just the project, the very, the very elusive project, which still... I don't know how long we are out from a finished product. I'm hoping I'm hoping 2 weeks. But realistically, uh hopefully just less than a month because uh I really think this whole licensing the music might get in the way. Um but anyway, yeah, I'll start looking at it and go through the process of uh and talk to the editor and and that'll be fun. I'll just be glad to be one step closer to uh, to finishing it. And I, I wanted to talk about. I saw this. Uh, I saw this meme yesterday, uh, and it's it's kind of something I've been saying for a while, and I feel like people are getting it now. There's a lot of really important things that I think right now we're we'll, we've been headed for a while toward a, a an age of like be yourself, and I think of like the grand scheme, <laughs> like my my brain thinks like an acid trip. You know what I mean? Like I, I really think about things like in too many dimensions and it, it it can make, it can make a person anxious when you think of things from too far away. Cause they're just like, Oh, well, everything will end eventually. That's kind of like, that's always the end. That's always where it ends at any thought process. Well, it'll be over eventually. <laughs> time heals all wounds and time murders all things. But, um, <laughs> but uh, on the closer scope. Um, I've just been thinking about how we make children idiots. I guess you know. Uh, I saw this meme yesterday that said uh, all children are born geniuses, and something along the lines of like they grow up idiots or they're turned into idiots as adults. Excuse me. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a chug of my water. I'm also fully caffeinated. I'm high and fully caffeinated. Very happy to be doing the podcast right now. I'm taking a drink of my water. Hold on. Also, because I'm high, I'm hoping my monotone isn't too low. But I don't know. Whatever. So yeah, I think um, I do believe that children are born. I'm gonna say psychotic geniuses. <laughs> just uh, because they have no habits, right? They don't. They don't have any morals. We haven't taught them anything. We haven't taught them things like empathy yet. They're psychotic. I think you have to understand that your kids are psychotic when. Like when they're when they're children, when they're children's children, they're just forming their personalities are forming. They are actually quite literally psychotic for the most part. So some kids are just better at like catching on to empathy, uh, but at least at some point, every kid is going to push on a wall, and they're they're looking for boundaries. And if you don't give them to them, they they become psychotic. I just you need to know that no matter how cute, no matter how adorable, no, how, no matter how much hope and promise, your child, I don't have children at least yet. you know what I mean? But I did help raise my little sister, and I saw that uh, and I think me and my brother were like parents for my little sister. and I think we made the, the mistake that probably like a lot of a lot of parents, a lot of people who we grew up with made those mistakes with those with their kids but we made those mistakes when we were when we were kids because we were raising a kid if that makes any kind of sense so we learned that lesson that we were too nice to our little sister i mean we were fucked up in our own way but we wouldn't ever be cruel to our little sister you know we wouldn't ever be malevolent to her uh maybe at the most just kind of like practical jokes and shit like that but it always always with love always in good spirit she knew she could trust us she knew she could count on us for things there wasn't ever like a predator vibe from us to her as shitty older brothers or anything like that we were very much like nurturing and when i say we raised her you know it's not like we were in charge of babysitting her sometimes like we wiped her ass i taught her how to drive you know that entire range of experience from baby to teenager like we really like we're there for Many of the very big moments in a child's life, the formative years, you know, <clears throat> first relationship, teaching how to walk, that entire range, you know what I mean? Everything in between. So we were really functioned as parents. And I and at some point when she was becoming a teenager, we still just remained way too giving, I think. And no matter what she needed, we just wanted to protect protect her from the childhood that we had with our shitty parents. And so we really felt like we could act as this barrier between her and the real world. And I think that's what a lot of parents go through, is they want to. You you see, you, for many parents, not for all, all parents. I talked about this. Uh, I talked about this at length on the last podcast. How not every parent rises to the occasion, but for the parents who do rise to the occasion, that child becomes the most important thing in their fucking life and that that was so for i would say that was half so for me and my brother because we were also teenagers going through our own shit but when we got home our little sister needed something we were there she needed to ride we were there she needed to eat we were there you know and uh especially me because my brother was really going through much more shit than i did so like I was (laughs) My my brother was like an absent father or something like that, right? Because he was going through a drug habit and shit like that. And then at some point, I became a drug dealer. But that's beside the point. We gave her too much, you know? And then, so she kind of grew up a psycho, I guess is what I'm saying. I love her so much. If you're listening, my baby sister, love her so much. But I do think that there are some things that, like, I noticed when she was a teenager that she was just not getting. And one of those things was... When you as a parent are doing the thing. I don't want to get into too much detail. But. The biological theory. Of evolution. With regard to parents and children relationship. Is that. The child will ask for more. And always take. The child will always take. As much as the parent is willing to give. And if the parent is willing to give. Everything. The child will take everything. So I guess that's really that's it in a nutshell, you know? So you really there, there's there's a fine line, there's a fine line. I've seen it happen the other way too with my uh my fiance's parents. The moment she be she was close to adulthood, it was like I'm not your fucking mom anymore. And so I mean, you know, we're always trying to establish a balance in life. But the other part of what I was talking about is so psychotic geniuses Children are born psychotic geniuses. Psychotic because they don't have the emotional boundaries, right? The behavioral boundaries just yet. And you need to instill that in them. And maybe once or twice, you might need to hit them. Just once or twice, you don't want to be an abusive parent, but they do have to understand that there is a line to cross. But the genius part too is another, another area where as a society, we're really fucking up. Because I... I know. I think that a lot of people think of that phrase "children are born geniuses" if they think about it at all, as kind of an aspirational, like every child, every children. Oh my god, I am fucking high. Every child has the opportunity. Every child has the uh, the uh, not opportunity. What's the word I am looking for? Has the ga? <laughs> I hate it. Has the, uh, I want to say perspicacity, uh, has the, um, oh shit. Anyway, they can. (laughs) God, what is that word? That is going to bother the shit out of me. Has the range, has the, you know what? Do yourself a favor if you're listening and just fast forward like a minute to where I find this fucking word because I'm really just not going to give up on it. Every child has the... Oh, God, I almost have the word. (laughs) When you look in a child, you see... I want to say obligation. God damn it. God, it's just one fucking word. It's almost opportunity. It's kind of like range. It's sort of on the other side of aspiration. God damn it. I'm going to slam my keyboard because I'm fucking frustrated. uh has the limit <laughs> i'm really fucking stuck on this you guys i can't fucking stand it has the... <laughs> i want to ask siri right fucking now what is the word i'm looking for uh, uh. anyway all children are geniuses all right they don't have this oppor- they don't have this whatever the fucking word I- it is i'm looking for god damn it it's going to bother me so much They are geniuses. They are geniuses. I know this from being a teacher. I I mean, I wasn't a school teacher, but I was a music teacher. And uh, music is a very difficult thing to learn, especially when you're an adult, especially when you're an adult, because your brain is just ready to learn things when you're a child. We, we, We give praise to child prodigies. But the only difference between a child prodigy and someone who isn't is is just the um, the discipline, and sometimes that discipline is instilled by a parent, right? More often enough, right? I know enough people that were um, everyone I know who made it. <coughs> excuse me, as some kind of artist, as a musician, their parents. Kind of made them. That was that was the thing that they had to do before they could get out of the house and play, is they had to play like a half an hour of piano or sing or write or just a thing. Just they had to do like half an hour of a thing before they could leave the house and play. <clears throat> and this obligation at some point became a joy because they learn how to do it, and they become purpose perspicacious with it. There, I can I can at least use that word correctly. Goddamn, what is that word? They're full of. God, okay, I'm going to continue on here. It's really bothering me. <laughs> but yeah, the, every child that I would teach, there was only one stupid kid I had. And he was so nice, I couldn't, I yelled at him one day because I'm just like, I'm like, you're stupid because you're not trying. Because he, he had those parents that were turning him into a bitch kid. So I think they just always gave him praise no matter what. <laughs> and so I would tell him to do something and he's like okay and I'm like okay why haven't you done it he's like I did I'm like what makes you think that you did he's like because I did I'm like look at your fingers right now what are your what are your fingers doing are, is that what I said he's like no I'm like so fucking do what I said and at some point I just screamed at him I'm like what did I just say and it probably wouldn't have been as bad if it wasn't a group class and they weren't all hysterically laughing at him but he never came back after that <laughs> Uh, but he didn't belong in the class anyway, and I don't want to teach dumb kids. Okay, that's my part of it. Um, but, uh, but the vast majority of them, I mean, they just picked it up. They picked it up. As kids, as children, they just pick it up. And they pick it up for as long as you make them practice. I'm going to say there was one other little girl who was bad at it, but I didn't scream at her. She was a very nice person. (laughs) She was... Very sweet. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but for the very most part, yeah, uh, they, they all pick it up fast. They all learn. And they're, all they're lacking is the discipline or someone to force them to do it, you know. And, uh, and okay, this, this is the actual crux of, of what I'm talking about is uh, they are born geniuses. They are born with a hungry brain, okay? We call it genius. We call it something uh, that's high up there. That's, I want to call it even pie in the sky. But all it is, is the way your brain is supposed to function. It is the optimum function. And we deprive children of that. God damn, what is that word? (laughs) Potential. God damn it. Potential. (laughs) I found it. Potential. That's what I meant. Potential. We think... We hear that phrase, all children are born geniuses, or if you ever think of that phrase. But we hear that as uh, like they all have, oh, they all have the potential. No, they are. They do not have the potential. They are geniuses for the most part. Most children are geniuses. And you starve, you as a parent, okay? If you have children, most parents are out there starving their brains. And so they grow up into morons because we treat them like morons. And I want you to think about if you starved a kid of food, right of just nourishment they would grow up emaciated their body would adjust and they would grow up emaci- emaciated like those like if you have ever seen alley cats with mange and shit like that and you would see it on the outside you would see it in their physical you know form they would be emaciated they would be skinny they would be lacking and that is what we're doing to children's brains as a society we're emaciating the learning process we are not allowing it to grow in every dimension that it needs to grow to be a fully formed human and we are a fucking society of morons because of this and there's the way we educate children just needs to change so drastically for us to even move on as a society because the the amount of (coughs) idiocy there there was an argument not too long ago about um how much you deserve to get paid based on the importance and skill of your job. And here's the thing. A monkey can do most jobs. I know because I know those monkeys doing very important jobs. Building houses, building rockets. Fucking just these incredibly... But they're just fucking monkeys. You know what I mean? I know them. They're, they're dumb, dumb people. They don't understand most things. But they understand how to build a rocket, how to build a house, how to do their fucking job. You know? And it, if any adult dumbass can learn that very important job any child genius can learn can learn it earlier to get creative and understand how to better shape the entire industry of the job you understand what i mean like battery making shit like that i've talked about this before about like energy there's so many ways to harness energy from the immediate environment but we only choose fossil fuels because it is the most whatever the opposite of cost effective is you know it's the most profitable. You have to go get something to get it. If if we developed batteries... I'd, okay, I only say this out loud because many of the things I thought of when I was a small child came to fruition in real life. And so I want to say this other thing that has not come to fruition, and I'm sure it's been brought up. I'm sure it's been researched in laboratories, just that they haven't found a way for... I hate hate to say big oil companies because it's like I'm I'm using a political talking point, you know what I mean? But that's who, for them to make money off of it. They haven't found a way for big conglomerate corporations to make money off of it. And that is basically a um, kinetic energy battery. Every movement that you make, every movement that any person makes, uh, uses and creates energy. And so I've thought, I kind of conceived of this way, of a kinetic energy, of kinetic energy battery that you can attach to literally anything. And so it's like kind of like Postmates or Uber Eats. Any person can just choose to manufacture energy for the day, and they can make a little bit of money that way. You know, If people did it as part of their, say, physical fitness routine, kinetic energy, go for a jog kinetic energy run on a treadmill kinetic energy you know what made me think of it Um, way way back when uh, John McCain was running against uh, Barack Obama right that's where society got introduced to Sarah Palin he said uh, he was kind of making fun of Barack Obama and said you you can't put a windmill on your car and right away I was like why not not a big ass not a big-ass 20-story propeller that you see in Palm Springs windmill. But why the fuck not? Can't you just put some some tiny little propellers in the engine of a car that catch the wind and create energy out of it? Think of how much wind it would catch just, going, just being in the car. That's basically what an alternator does. An alternator is kind of... If you, know, if you understand about cars and alternators, an alternator is a little bit of a perpetual motion machine. It creates energy out of the energy that the car. Is. So they already kind of are using the technology, and it's as old as shit. It's just that these other things that I'm saying aren't terribly profitable, or they haven't found a way to make them profitable for a large multinational conglomerate corporation. Anyway, that's me pontificating on the, uh, and I lost another word. (laughs) Just where we can be, you know, where we can be as a society. I think we have the will. I think we're developing it. I think more people want to improve. I think more people want to improve society. As long as you don't create a new word. That's what people really get mad at, isn't it? When we create a new word to describe things, that's what, that's what drives the outrage. Oh, we can't say this anymore. It's this thing over here. So, I don't know, man. Just It's a new word. It's a more accurate word. Just chill the fuck out. I was thinking about how uh, the reason I don't like to say retarded, right? It's an inaccurate word. And then so you use it to describe people who aren't mentally stunted. You use it to describe anyone who just kind of like looks a little bit different. And that's how it becomes kind of this epithet. Because I know plenty of people with like kind of physical ailments that make them look a little gnarled, you know, like a cerebral palsy or uh, uh, just a couple other people. But I mean, their brains were completely fine. We just had a, a, a comic with cerebral palsy die a few months back. He was part of the, uh, the Kill Tony, the Kill Tony gang. And of course, there's the ever great Joey Urell, He's one of my favorite comics an excellent joke writer. And uh Roast Baster Roast Bastard, goddammit. Roast Battle Master is what I meant to say. I condensed the whole all of it. Um let me see. I usually like to I think I'm gonna i am I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it up a little bit early today. Uh I normally like to talk about something that I've been watching, but I've been thinking about starting to tell stories here on the podcast. Just because whenever I tell a story to a friend not whenever but i've been told enough times after like i'm a storyteller that's what i do that's what i've always been my whole life as soon as i could write i knew i wanted to be a writer and here i am writing you know what i mean it's just kind of in the blood you understand and uh, a lot of that is storytelling and uh like in work environments whenever i would tell a story people would kind of stop what they're doing i'm a fucking storyteller i don't mind saying i'm good at it i'm a fucking storyteller uh and so sometimes when I tell a friend a story, you know, they'll be like, oh, that's like a podcast episode, you know. So I've been thinking about telling stories here on the podcast. And uh, I was going to tell the story about uh, that time I got stung by bees because we were fucking with a beehive because we were bored little kids. And then I wanted to draw a moral to don't let your kids be bored. But I already kind of feel like that's one thing where I feel like parents have really picked up the slack is they're not allowing their kids to be bored as much as like, cause I was a bored kid and it really caused a lot of trouble. Like, and I even at some point told my parents, cause I remember I was, I was grounded until such time as my grades would come up. And it was just this never ending groundation Cause my, my grades weren't going to come up and you just couldn't get me to give a shit about school. But I'm just like, I'm also going nuts. So I, I've been inside for several months And, uh, I, I'm bored and it's really, I told them I'm like, it's really messing me up. Like, and then my mom, you know, my mom had that thing of like, don't tell me what to do. And I'm just like, I'm just letting you know, it's fucking me up and I don't know what I'm going to do. And she's like, you know, are you threatening me? But you know, I think after she was able to get over her own ego, she's just like, yeah, I think it's kind of fucking him up. But, but parents aren't doing that any parents are. Better now about just like keep your kid busy. It's so important to keep your kid busy. Have them do a sport. Have them just feel productive. Have them be creative. You know. Um, when I was teaching kids music, I remember there was this one kid that, because uh, half of the kids were like homeschooled, and so they were just always so. My guitar class was another way to keep their kids busy. Just keep the kid busy, and. Uh, this one chick had, you know, things that she would do like animal husbandry, which I think is amazing. That's so awesome that kids can go participate in animal husbandry and really just understand how that even happens. You have, you have to take care of farm animals. That's where your food comes from. That's where, like, a lot of things that we depend on to sustain ourselves come from. And just to understand what goes into that entire process, the agricultural process that we just... We we act like it doesn't exist, man, but it is it's the only thing driving society. It's the only reason we all exist. I mean, just this the ability to keep a surplus on a farm, you know. That's that's the only reason why society is even a thing. You know, I I think that's an easy thing to get detached from um i feel like that's an optimistic point that i might want to end on do i want to talk about i've been watching maria bamford's show i'll 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 end on that i've been i've been watching i don't know if you know maria bamford she's a comic she's an alt comic and uh she's funny i mean i wouldn't pay a lot of money to go see her but she's great at what she does and if you like her you probably love her um i saw her on accident once i didn't know she was gonna be there and i didn't know who she was and i didn't remember her name until i saw her later on tv so i saw her just like saw her didn't know who she was and then i saw her on tv i'm like oh yeah that's the woman i saw she was crazy alt you know very alt and i saw her at a at a show uh that jeff garland used to put on in ucb franklin upright citizen upright citizens brigade and franklin uh And uh, he he used to do something called the Comedy Combo Platter. Anyway, it was pretty cool. And you'd get to see some, like, famous writers, famous people. And it really wasn't very much money at all. And it was always a packed house. And it was always so much fun. We only went, like, a few times. But I got to see, like, Tim Meadows and, yeah, Maria Bamford. And so I've been able to kind of see her grow and see people become aware of her. It's pretty cool. And uh, I've been watching her show on a recommendation because I was watching Louie's show. And a fellow comic, uh, after uh, a show that we were on together, uh, we were in line for tacos and, uh, you just bond after a show, especially if it's a good show, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I've been watching Louie the whole season. And he's like, yeah, if you like Louie, you should watch Lady Dynamite. That's the name of the show, Maria Bamford's show on Netflix. It's called Lady Dynamite. And, uh, <clears throat> I like it, but it can be a little wonky. It can be a little bit of a downer, but I think that's, uh, it's the show that's her because there's also she builds a narrative kind of around her mental illness and you see how severe it is and that's how because she's an alt comic and so she really just kind of acts out her life on stage but without being a one-woman show she makes it fun she's not very serious on stage but um she'll kind of just sort of go in and out of voices and uh it's all tied together very neatly but you can you can kind of think of the brain responsible for that and what kind of torture it's under most of the time. For someone to just be able to sort of go in and out of characters without introducing them and have it come out clean and neat and wrapped in a tight little package for you as an audience member. So you can it can, it's kind of like filmed in three parts. One of them, she's at home. Because she, in her comedy, she talks a lot about like her family and how much they kind of wish she was a different thing but try to accept her. You know, they kind of straddle that line and uh shitty friends and just just kind of i guess being surrounded by normies as comics we call them normies right non-comics who don't understand they don't see the world the way we do and so it's very difficult for them to understand what we do much of the time i think i'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people who do at least understand that this is something that for, for me i don't know what else i would do and it's so important to me. And I think part of that is they also understand the work work ethic. Because anytime they talk to me, I'm like, I'm on my way to something. I just did another thing. Here's a flyer. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but I also give myself a little bit of credit for picking good friends. I'll say, you know, picking decent company. Um, but the show is it's funny. Uh. It's has that whole thing where you're not safe in the world of the show. Not every not every episode is gonna have like a happy ending. And uh you definitely don't know what's gonna happen. And she's definitely surrounded by this toxicity of like people don't understand her mental illness and and but without she doesn't do it in such a way that she's drumming up sympathy, you know, that she's just oh, poor me. It's really just more like she's trying to be her and these people are normal and and there's just a barrier between the way the languages these people speak, you know, and she'll get kind of meta in it sometimes, you know, like in the first episode, Pat Oswald walks through as a character, but then all of a sudden he breaks character and he's like, oh, Maria, you're not going to do stand up in the show, are you? And I really honestly like the first couple episodes are my favorite, especially the first episode is my favorite so far. I'm like most of the way through the first season. And it's kind of it's taken a dip because someone with severe mental illness isn't used to having a healthy relationship, and so that's that's kind of where you're you're not safe in the world of the show it it's very much follows her real life, but it looks at it through you know these quirky you know eyes you know this wonkiness she tries to make it fun, she tries to make it funny, but it's real life happening you know. So it's, it's pretty much like, yeah, her world through her eyes. I think she does a really excellent job at doing that. Anyway, <clears throat> I like it. You should watch it. I don't love it necessarily, but at least give it a shot. Maria Bamford's really great, and she deserves your money. I'm going to sign out on that. Uh, I think I've been talking just under 40 minutes. So you know what? That's good. That, that's where I like to keep it. I'd like to keep it a little closer to half an hour, but 40 minutes, not bad, not bad. Hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. Uh, just uh, just know that if you ever have to cancel, uh, it may not ever happen. I don't know, but I, I'm always uh, I'm always I always love to have people on. I always love to hang out with people. I always love to make fun out of work, you know. And uh, and I always love if you if you want me to talk about something. If you want me to talk about anything. If you have any questions uh uh lamb on me man i i I would love this to be as interactive as possible i have been having fun this last 40 uh this is 38 minutes and 50 seconds and counting and uh i'm your host motherfucking gino (laughs) i'm really just high, you guys i'm sorry but this is a quick sign off and who gives a shit about a sign off follow me if you don't already at bad motherfucking name gino phonetically that is bad moda fuka name gino bad motherfucking name gino you could follow me on rizzle i think rizzle went through some crazy crazy facelift uh, I don't think it's going to help any because they just have terrible marketing. And that's why I warm up for the podcast on Rizzle. Uh, but you can follow me there at Name Gino, Not sure 100% how to spell that, but I'm sure you could find it if you really wanted to. And, um, and I think I'm on Reddit too, man. I don't know, man. Just search me. Find me wherever I am. Love me. Uh, I would love you if I knew you were loving me. All right, you guys uh, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful spring. We are in spring now. The weather the is going to start warming up and people are going to start looking beautiful again is my understanding of it. All right. You, you have a wonderful time. I love you all. Bye-bye.